I V M. This is me, and you're listening to Indus Box Media's IVM Likes. It's about stuff that we like. Could be anything. Could be me. Could be you. Could be girls. Could be boys. So right now, we only talk about film, book, and TV shows. And with me is our founder Amit, and we've got our head of production, Sharanya. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. So uh, now it's my responsibility today to recommend a TV show, right. and Sharanya, you're going to be recommending a book. book? And Amit will be telling us about a film. Yes, I will. So uh, let's kick it off with you, Sharanya. Let's kick it off with a book this time. Oh, around. sure. Uh, so the book I'm recommending, um, initially when I decided to recommend this book, it was because the movie based mm-hmm. on this book was supposed to come out in 2017. Okay. But I now it's been pushed to next year. Oh, it's never going to happen. These uh, production Steven skeds. Spielberg is doing too many other things. Oh, I, I mean, know what book you're talking about. Oh! I love this book. It's one of my favorite so, books. I know. So, Yay, what fun. Amit <laughs> told me about this book a really oh, long really? time ago. Yeah, yeah. I told you about this book as well. We were at a party and I told you about this book and you were yes. like, send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the book is called... Uh, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. Uh, it came out in 2011. It's basically MMORPG. MMORPG. Yeah. Massive multiplayer online mm. role-playing game. Yes. Mm. Where uh, it's basically it's 2044 and the world is gone as shit, right? There's global warming, there's an energy crisis, there's economically, like everything is completely shut down. Everybody lives terrible lives. Except online, where they live an amazing life. So they plug into the OSS and that's where they live pretty much all of their life. Like, they go to school there, they make friends that way, they have jobs online. Mm-hmm. They completely live like in a Sim City kind of, it is what I imagine it to be like. But yeah. I'm assuming it's more realistic than that. Right. <laughs> it's supposed to be uh, Sim City, right? Yeah, and it's virtual reality, right? Yeah. So you feel like you're actually in a real world. So anyway, so the game in the book is made by, not the game, the visual world, is made by this guy called James Halliday. And then we're in 2044 and he dies. So everybody who's playing the game, everybody gets a message one day saying James Halliday is dead. And it's a personal video from him where he's sitting and talking about, hey, if you're getting this video, I'm dead. And I have this amazing Easter egg uh, that I've been like, Easter eggs that I've been planting through this whole game for my whole life. And if you find it, there are three keys to be found, a copper key or some other metal keys. (laughs) If you find all three, you get to go through the gates and you get the ultimate prize. And so far, like... um, this game Oasis doesn't have like a goal it's like everybody lives their lives there there's not like a race or whatever but now he just like has like a competition a element to it yeah, yeah. Um, so we're following this protagonist called Wade Watts who's a teenager mm-hmm. lives a terrible life his I think his parents are possibly dead and he lives in abject poverty or whatever but on the game like he does pretty well like he he lives his whole life in the game he has friends on the game you know okay. uh, who he hangs out with virtually yeah. um and then so he decides that he's going to try and find this easter egg like okay yeah. a person who finds the easter egg is called a gunter because they are egg hunters I don't know why <laughs> yeah. uh, great, great name right uh, my future child would be called Gunter Thumbs right <laughs> so basically Wade Watts is the guy we are following and he is trying to solve this so there are no easter eggs found for almost 7 years and then one day everybody wakes up logs into their system and there's a leaderboard with Wade's name as the first winner and oh, nobody knows who he my is God. so what happens is basically I mean the book follows it follows him in a way that like People who are trying to win also yeah. try to start like tracking down, tracking him down in real life. It becomes like a what's the distinction between his game life and his real life? Um, I mean, it's it's a 
it's a really fascinating story and hmm. i wouldn't say the writing is amazing but it's so interesting the and it's a short book and it's so interesting and i usually don't read so much sci-fi or like this kind of stuff yeah. but i really enjoyed it only because it was it feels kind of pulp like you know it's very um, yeah. it's a very yours a twist yours a twist oh my yeah. god did you know this is going to happen but it is very very entertaining and i think it's a really fun read if you're like if you have some time to kill and you just want a really immersive story like if you're on a flight or something it's mm-hmm. the best flight reading of all time and yeah. i really enjoyed it i would agree with that i thought i i i really really enjoyed this book i thought it was really fun yeah. so i've read the book once i've also listened to the audiobook we'll version we'll read and does the audiobook we'll read and does the audiobook yeah. version what? Yeah. yeah yeah and this the thing is, is like all the easter eggs are basically um you know uh, questions related to pop culture 1980s pop culture because james halliday was obsessed with 90 even 80s like pop culture he's like a bill culture. gates kind of uh, yeah. analog in yeah. some ways yeah. right yeah. so he's like somebody who grew up in the 70s and 80s so it's all about like arcade games and all that yeah, uh, movies of that time movies of that time <laughs> so all the people who are egg hunters are basically just like watching old movies yeah, and they like playing over games they're in like 80s and yeah. 80s pop culture yeah. that's so fun yeah it's a really fun book uh and i'm i'm recommending it because it is just generally like a fun story to read after like there's a lot of books that i read that sometimes i feel like is it going to get somewhere but this is just <laughs> a short book and it's fun and it doesn't like challenge your world view or anything but it's just generally uh, entertaining to read Wow, man. Yeah, like it does have some deeper thoughts, right? I mean, yeah, like the idea. Yeah, because that's what I found. Yeah, really fascinating about this book about the fact that this alternative virtual world. Exactly, yeah. and that becomes a real world, right? For all intents and purposes, your real world is your virtual world. Your virtual world, the reality itself, mm-hmm. like uh, the fact that they actually had to travel at one point in time mm. was something that completely freaked them all out, right? Yeah. They didn't know what, like, oh wow, I got to go from one city to the other city. Yeah, that's just like, like physically walk yeah, somewhere. That's just that weird. That sounds insane. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, there was some interesting stuff in there. I mean, I thought uh, in, just in terms of like you know just the hmm. deeper thought of how the future is going to get. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, sure. I was like, oh, I'm totally getting this book. Yeah, you should. And it now really um, Steven Spielberg is going to make a movie. You could just yes. wait for that. That too. But maybe I could do both. <laughs> Definitely do both. Definitely do both. <laughs> okay, so what's the uh, film you want to recommend? Uh, okay, so the movie that I'm going to recommend is a movie called Idiocracy, directed by Mike Judge. Mm-hmm. Uh Mike Judge is the creator of Beavis and Butthead, uh, oh. Silicon Valley. Yes. Office Space was another movie he directed. Yeah. Uh, he did another really funny show, animated show called King of the Hill. Yeah. So basically he is the director God, of the King mo- of the Hill. Yeah, it was a funny funny show. Yeah, yeah. God, it was like Silicon Valley by the way, like the past couple of seasons just incredible, so funny. Yeah, I know, so yeah. funny. The basic story of Idiocracy is uh it's sometime in I think the late 90s or something like that or whenever the movie came out 10 years ago. that uh, there are two guys, so there are two uh, leads to that movie uh, Owen Wilson who is uh, Luke Wilson uh, sorry Luke Wilson who is Owen Wilson's brother uh, so he's the uh, lead and Maya Randolph who's been in a bunch of funny stuff she was a Saturday night live player mm. and uh, Maya Rudolph Maya Rudolph Maya Rudolph sorry what did i say Maya Randolph Maya Randolph okay yeah, Maya Rudolph yeah <laughs> uh, so the two of them were um, they're they're the leads uh they are asked to participate in a military experiment so mm-hmm. um uh luke wilson is a he's in the military but he's a librarian or a warehouse keeper or something like that but mm-hmm. so he's basically the most average person in the military who they were able to find and the most average yeah that's that, that's what they were looking for they're looking for an average person mm-hmm. and my uh, they weren't able to find an average woman so they went out and found maya rudolph who was a prostitute and she was average by most uh yeah. this kind oh. of uh, things 
And the experiment was essentially they were supposed to be asleep for a year and yeah. they were going to be put to sleep for a year and then they would wake up after that and they wanted to see the test, the effects and stuff like that. But the guy who was in charge of that experiment got arrested and the experiment got lost and yeah. it turns out that these guys were put to sleep for 500 years. And so they wake up in a world 500 years later. Yeah. And, oh, my God. Uh, so it's really funny. So what happens is over those 500 years, the world yeah. develops into what they call an idiocracy, right? All right what, what the movie's title is. Sure. Yeah. And the reason for that is smart people don't have many kids and they have kids really late in life. Dumb people have kids all the time. So the number of dumb people uh, uh, who are... Uh, <laughs> the dumb population The dumb increased. population of the world is increasing yeah, dramatically. Yeah, yeah. The smart population is becoming less and less until the point yeah. where when these two guys wake up 500 years later, even though yeah. they're perfectly average, they're like by far the smart smartest people on the planet mm. That's uh, and uh, yeah. the, uh, and they get caught up in like politics so, so they have like immediate IQ tests and stuff like that mm. when you get this so they you know when, so when their IQ is measured also like oh like holy god we got people who are this smart we got to go find them and get them in charge of the government so they're made oh, that's in, even yeah better. so then they're made in charge of uh, yeah. or they're given responsibilities and uh, it's actually so. I mean, like, there's a lot more that happens. I mean, I don't want to. If I say more about it than that, I think I start spoiling a lot of significant mm. uh, plot points because I mean, like, there are some really funny ones. But uh, it's really uh, so. It's a really fun movie, uh, and it's a really kind of interesting movie, especially in the current climate, <laughs> right? Uh, oh yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. 2016, yeah. particularly exactly. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. like, considering that, because what it does mean is that I mean, like, you know, it, it is this idea that uh, people are they don't like smart people. They're against the idea of intelligence. And you know how you kind of take that thing. Uh, so, I mean, so, for example, the president is played by Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah. and from Newsroom and a whole bunch of other things, mm -hmm. right? So he's supposed to be an ex-wrestler and ex-porn star. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, he's the president, right? Uh, so, I mean, like, you know, it is this idea of celebrity, this idea of marketing. Right? So one of the things that they did uh, really kind of interesting is... Uh, they made fun of all of the existing corporations, right? Huh. So, like, Starbucks was a place where... Well, Starbucks and H&R Block were essentially sex shops. You went huh. there for sex. Uh, Carl's was the only restaurant left or something like that. And Carl's is, like, this place with disgusting burgers or something like that. Mm. So, uh, the thing is... Uh, so, and their slogan is, I'm f***ing eating. And that, 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 that's, that's the slogan, right? Uh, FedEx is also, like, some sort of sex thing now. So, it's F-E-D-E-X-X-X. -X -X. Uh, so... <laughs> This is oh. so such terrible humor, yeah, exactly. but it's yeah. funny yeah. No, It's really funny when it's you scary. watch the whole show in context. It actually is really, or sorry, the whole movie in context is really, really funny. And uh, but one thing that did happen, which is also kind of interesting, is that this movie was essentially not marketed at all. The, oh. the movie received zero support from the studio because oh. at first it was yeah. after shooting. It didn't come out for a year and a half after the after the film was delivered. It didn't okay. come out for like almost a year and a half. And after that, they got absolutely no marketing support. And now there are a bunch of conspiracy theories as to why that happened, right? Was it because they, made, fun of they made fun of too many corporations? Though all the corporations gave them permission. They didn't oh, okay. do it without permission, right? Oh. They, they got written. So like Walmart and one other corporation were the only two that didn't give them permission to do it. So they didn't use their names. Oh, all the yeah. other people were okay with them making fun of it as long as they weren't the only person being made fun of. Okay, like that. So yeah, like so, so like Starbucks was okay with being a hand job shop just because 
H&R Block was a place where people went for other sex. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, so the, you know. The, wow, yeah, that's so, so funny. I know, so it was really, uh, but, uh, but it never got marketed. So it, could it be that it, it, uh, it corporations got pissed off? Could it be that Fox, which was the uh, studio behind it, felt that it's too close to a lot of the stuff that they're doing in terms of mass media, Hmm. where they're playing to the lowest common denominator? Nobody knows exactly why, but the show, the movie didn't get marketed at all. That's strange. Yeah, I know. I thought it was, a, and it's a yeah. really fun movie. I mean, yeah, like all said and done, it is a very, very funny movie. I mean, like if you haven't seen it, I'd absolutely say it's okay. worth seeing. That sounds like a really cool. Yeah. Actually, you know, I've got really interesting. Uh, something that I know about Maya Rudolph. So okay. her mom is actually a really well-known sort of like soul and jazz singer called yeah. Minnie Ripperton. Yeah, like okay. from. Like the the what the sixties and seventies I think well yeah the the fifties and sixties and I got into her because she was part of this like psychedelic rock band called the Rotary Connection okay. and she has like an amazing if you listen Maya Rudolph can also sing Same, really yeah. well yeah. but what makes Minnie Rippert and her mom really different is he, she sings in the whistle register she has okay. like a five yeah. octave range in the whistle register it's like you can hit like like super super high notes and. It's. I've heard her. Yeah, yeah. I'll. I'll. I'll make you listen to her. She's right. amazing. So again, I'm recommending a TV show, guys. Okay. Okay. So my TV show because I love British TV. Like I adore it. You know, from 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 the days of Monty Python. Uh-huh. You know. So um, for me, it's hopefully this will be easy to binge watch because I did end up binge watching this. Okay. Uh, this uh, is a TV series called Black Books. And it stars three main characters. So it's a comedian called Dylan Moran, who's this ridiculous, grumpy Irish comedian. And he plays a character called Bernard Black, who owns a bookstore called Bernard, like Black Books. Okay. Sorry. And then you have Bill Bailey, who's also a comic. And he plays the character of Manny, who is his uh, slightly annoying assistant. And Fran, who is his best friend and neighbor, who's played by a woman called Tamsin Grieg. And it's basically these three. And Black Books is basically this like tiny little bookshop. Okay, and after watching this, I wanted to have my own bookstore. Okay. Uh, and he runs this, and he's like this curmudgeon, grumpy, spiteful like shop owner, and doesn't actually care about the books or or the customers. Or and he hates everyone, right. everyone, everything. He smokes all the time. Like he's got like three cigarettes in his hand all the time. He's drinking excessively. So like regular English people, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Irish people. Too, yeah, <laughs> and um, basically um, it, through the series, I think in, in, in like the first two episodes, or something Manny, uh, who's Bill Bailey, is like the stressed out accountant, and it's really weird how him and Bernard actually meet because basically he wants to calm down because he's super stressed from his job and he has this little book of calm okay which okay. says things like why don't you eat an orange peel and walk into the ocean <laughs> things like that right it's he like really get this book. <laughs> yeah and what happens is by accident uh, his boss comes he gets scared and that book falls into his soup and then he ends up drinking it and then how he imbibes this like little book of calm <laughs> so that's and then eventually he meets Bernard and yeah, and he get, it's just like super surreal and weird, but also really, really interesting. So then, and he, he's even more stressed out because Bernard does, doesn't does actually care about the books, doesn't actually care. And they live in, so that bookstore is at the bottom floor and they live above it. And Fran is his best friend who owns a trinket shop called Nifty Gifty hmm. next door. Hmm. And... Basically, every episode is them trying to make Bernard do normal, socially acceptable things, but they just sort of like anything from like tidying up, 
You know, just like right. something that basic. And right. throughout the series, you basically know there's a creature living in that house. Okay. But it's just like you'll hear it like scuttling along and it's just like really weird. But... um yeah, but they is constantly this, get. This is not like one of those. It was all a dream, kind of. Movie. No, yeah, no, not yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. It's actually just really, really weird <laughs> and surreal. Um, but yeah, so then you get. Um, but I think all the time you sort of get sucked into Bernard's like self-destructive, mean, horrible world. Like basically because he smokes so much. Like for example. He sees Bernard holding something and he's like, oh, is that a biscuit? And he takes it and he's like, no, that's not a biscuit. That's a coaster. And he's like, where can I get more of these? And he's, just like, <laughs> he's just like so, so super bizarre. But this is made by a guy called uh, Graham Linehan, who's the same guy that brought like uh, the IT crowd and Father uh. Ted, right? The crowd. And this also won uh, two BAFTA awards for best situation comedy in like 2001, 2005. There are only three seasons of it. And I think they're a little over like 10 episodes a season. But I loved this show you know I know a lot of people have said it peaked too early but I watched this way way after it peaked and I I genuinely enjoyed this show when did the show come out I think it must have come out in like 2000 so Bill Bailey as in like old guy Bill Bailey old guy uh, from like QI or whatever yes. with the ponytail with the ponytail yeah. and oh, okay. the one who does like music comedy yeah, yeah. he does oh, okay. like cool but yeah so I, I I really like the movie it's also you know one of those movies that are super quotable right. TV shows. sorry TV shows that are super quotable <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying <laughs> films I'm so obsessed with movies guys it's been a while since I've seen TV but so there are some great lines in this in this okay. show for example when Bernard's trying to convince Manny to like like be part of his bookstore, he's like, the pay is not great, but the work is hard. <laughs> and you're like, that, that is great. Something you should tell future people. Sh- I am going to tell everybody who starts working over here. The pay is not great. great, but the work is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I would definitely recommend watching this TV show, Black Books. Sounds so. awesome. Right, so I'll definitely watch it. Our recommendations for today, Sharanya is recommending... Ready Player One. And Ahmed recommends... Idiocracy. And I recommend recommend black books and now it's time for our one of my favorite sections because i'm all about them old school shit it's called (laughs) late to the party so um something that i want to talk about that i got into actually thanks to amit you know what um i hadn't actually watched the entirety of the series it's one of these series that i just watched in patches because that happens when you watch tv you don't ever see every every single episode every single time and it's Aaron Sorkin's uh, Sports Night. Yeah, I like Sorkin. I, I love Sports Night. I, I like Sports oh. Night's so good. Yeah, sports Night so is good. Like, it's actually think about it in retrospect. What a freaking cast! Yeah, seriously. Peter Krause is amazing. Peter Krause, Josh Charlo, uh, Joshua Charles, Felicity Hoffman, then. Uh, Jeremy Molina. Yeah. I genuinely enjoyed it. And you know what? It's only 20 minutes when you're like binging yeah. it. Yeah. So I can just binge like some four episodes. Well, so I had like the first season where they had a laugh track. Yes, yes. And then did. they took it out. They took it out. Yeah. It's such a good idea. Yeah. It, was, it sounded yeah, terrible. So they, were, they fought over that. And also yeah. Sports Night is also the, uh, I, I mean, like I'm sure you guys have heard of the West Wing, the walk and talk. Which yeah, then yeah, became, of course. Sports Night is the originator. Yeah. Right? That's where it first started. The, the, the walk and talk where basically they have this yeah. long scene while walking. Where they're walking it, and talking. Classic talking. Yeah. Like, move uh walter did this article a couple of months ago of like you know when you're like craving a show that you've seen before and you love and you want to go back to it but it's like six seasons or seven seasons and there's no way you can spend that kind of time anymore uh so they'd recommend six or seven episodes from any season like throughout the show that would 
satisfy that like craving for the show and would be a full story arc ah, okay. for you to start getting invested mm, and it got over I would like so to sports see night has uh, a six episode arc which is just after Felicity Huffman breaks up with her boyfriend and before Peter Krause tells her what he feels about her I think I gotta look for that I think I'd like yeah. to watch that yeah. like six episode series that's actually a really yeah. cool idea <laughs> I like it right. uh, what do you have what's your what's yours oh um, I am late to the party with uh, six feet under which I watched ah. only uh, maybe in March I think and I got super obsessed with it. I had uh, no work, so I would sit at home all day and I'd binge watch. I've been watching about five seasons, okay. six seasons of the show, in about one month. And then uh, I recommended it to everybody. <laughs> one of my friends calls me and she's like, hey, I just finished the finale. I need to come talk to you. And I was like, so glad to like share this sadness and despair with my best friends. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you feel the way I do. Um, I think Six Feet Under was... Such a well-written show. The finale is the most satisfying finale of any show I have ever seen. Seriously, the last yeah, because they literally I close. I never got into Six Feet Under. It was on TV. Oh, you and should I never watch it. Got into it literally it. closes all the loops. There are no shows. I think yeah, in the hit, there's always, there's always like this like, open-ended like fanciness. Six Feet Under is like yo, this is what happens. You should know, especially with like um, a show where I spent like one month just crying, weeping <laughs> nonstop. People are just dying all the time. Life is the worst. Everybody is so sad. And then at the end you're like okay at least I feel better like that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Right. Okay. Uh, so what I came late to was um, so I don't know if this is exactly late, but I treated it differently. So uh, Harry Bosch is a character written by Michael Connelly. It's a long mm-hmm. series of books. Uh, Michael Connelly is considered by many to be one of the better crime writers, more literary kind of crime yeah. crime writers that uh, in uh, his stories are. So I read a few Harry Bosch books like in the late nineties mm. here and there, but I hadn't like read the series. It's like a twenty book series, mm. but I read that over the course of this year, and man, those books are good. They are so well written. I mean, uh, it's amazing. The stories, the depth. It's like uh, you, you keep hearing this cliche about how a city becomes a character. Hmm. And in this case, I mean, like seriously, city is a character, right? I mean, like oh, wow. the city of Los Angeles is a character in this yeah. book. And, uh, you know, the the, char- uh, the Bosch character himself is so compelling. He's like a, a, a Vietnam War veteran who... Um, uh, he keeps uh, falling in love with the wrong people. He keeps like, you know, uh, the craziest, nastiest, worst possible things keep happening to him. But still, his, his um, motto for crime solving is everyone matters or no one matters. And that's just basically how he thinks of his he thinks of like, you know, solving murders as like a calling. And it's okay. the the idea is that he's he is impermeable to any kind of political pressure or any kind of pressure from bosses or anything like that because it's like every single case I do matters or none, nothing I do matters oh. and he just like he, he yeah. does the whole thing like that it's, it's just a really really great series of books so if you have time to read 18 300 page 400 page books I'd say go for it 18 I think it's 18 excellent yes well, yeah, so many, just started it's just, it's <laughs> wonderful 2000 we're basically giving everyone an extremely large to-do list like all the time <laughs> I love it I love it so right. yeah I came late to the party yeah. and we are over with IVM likes if you want to oh, you know what we should take people's recommendations yes we should oh, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Yeah, please uh, send us stuff on Twitter IVM podcast send us stuff on Facebook IVM podcast page mm-hmm. if you got anything that you think that we should be watching or that we should please please let us know and if we get a lot of people we'll say something about that if we have seen it Cool, that was uh, us signing out from IBM Likes. Bye. Bye.